Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's third sermon on the Mount teaching in Matthew 5, 38 through 48, called The Law of the King 3. I think you get the four principles. Those are the law of the king in, in regard to personal retribution. Not self-defense, not court cases. The law is there for a reason, personal stuff. Second section is to love your neighbor. It begins in verse 43, Jesus speaking. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, Loving your neighbor is something we've all heard so many times, right? We know that's the essence of the law, to love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is not new to most of us. And Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, you, you shall love your neighbor. That's Leviticus 19.18, if you're taking notes. But where did the hate your enemy come from? Well, that was more rabbinic rabbi teaching or tradition. And they had added it on so much so that it became the common thought that the only people I need to love are neighbors. And you might say, who's my neighbor? Would you turn over to Leviticus 19? I know most of you know where that is because you do devotional reading in Leviticus every day. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Go to chapter 19. We'll put the verses up if you don't want to get there. Leviticus 19. Here's where this comes from. Let's read one verse back so we can see what they would have read. Leviticus 19.17 says, You shall not hate your fellow countrymen, mark it, in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against, notice it again, the sons of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. Now, when we look at verses, and sometimes when we isolate verses, those two verses talked about countrymen, fellow Jews, if you will, at this time. So I'm only supposed to love them, right? Not those other people. Go all the way down to verse 34. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you. And you shall love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. You know, many of our Bible questions get answered if we just keep reading. Somehow the rabbis had isolated verses 17 and 18 to say, and and it seems like a reasonable inference, that the only people you need to love are people like you. And you can hate all the other people. So guess what happened among the religious elite and maybe many of the people in the country? They loved their own and hated those people and their hate became almost sanctified. Yeah, look at those people over there. Hate them. Hate them. Yeah. And it was almost like, and if you don't hate them, you're the one with the problem. You're supposed to hate those people who live over there or look like that. And the Bible says, no, God so loved the world. 
You see how we can sanctify some things and, and feel like we're justified even in God's sight? Well, that, that's the right kind of hatred. And this was inferred from Psalm 139, where David said, don't I hate those who hate you, O Lord? And you know, another Psalm that says God's angry with the sinner every day. And they took a few of those verses and you got to try to understand those. And even Israel in the book of Joshua, meeting out God's vengeance upon people groups. And you're like, well, isn't it logical to think that we should hate those people? No, Israel was a tool of God's judgment on those people after many years of not repenting. They were a tool of his judgment. This, this, again, we go back to personal stuff here. Can I ask you a question? Do you have hate in your heart right now for certain people groups who are different from you, don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't act like you? Have you sanctified your hate? Do you see how Jesus' sermon causes me now to look inside my soul and say, have I done that? Do I, do I justify that in my own heart? Because I think, well, it's because I have my reasons, right? Turn back to Matthew chapter five. I was telling you about our neighbors. We got some new neighbors behind us and we have a hill they live below us and then there's a hill that goes up and there's some wrought iron uh, fencing. And these new neighbors moved in and I said hello to them and we're all friendly and they have these two little I would only describe them as Taco Bell dogs. <laughs> you get a Taco Bell, man. And they're little yappers. Now, I'm a dog lover. If you've been here for any time, you know I'm a dog lover. But they would come up the hill. And I'm telling you, this was going on for hours. I'd be around, you know, we have a pool. I'd be cleaning my pool. You get a Taco Bell. <laughs> Well, I got to a point where it became not so spiritual. And I squirted the dogs a few times. <laughs> and then my neighbor said, we got to shut those dogs up. And he put some sort of device on my fence with my agreement. I think it was sending out deadly rays for 500 yards. <laughs> right? Well, the neighbors saw this device and they were offended by it. And one day... I'm, I'm in the backyard and I was like, that's it. And I called the guy's name and I said, if you don't stop with these dogs, I can't even go in my backyard anymore. And I went on for about a good minute. And then I looked down and he had headphones on. And I was like, that's the Lord. <laughs> that's the Lord because I should have said that. And then he was like, what's up? And I was like, ah, <laughs> Could you do something, please, with your dogs? They're struggling <laughs> And I twitched a little bit And I said, and I called his name, and I said, would you do, please do the best you can? Well, ended up, he put up some fencing, and then he, he kind of fenced them in in the lower yard. Glory. Glory. Those little dogs are way at the bottom of the hill, and sometimes faintly I hear, but it's very faint now. Purpose of the story? <laughs> Just, I, I, I shared it to give you hope <laughs> and to lead into the next verse. But I say to you, love your enemies. Here's the strategy. 
and pray for those who persecute you. You might write chihuahuas in the margin of your Bible, whatever, whatever the persecution. Can you see the two keywords here? Love and pray. Love and pray. Beckett Cook was here yesterday and he had uh, entered into the homosexual lifestyle. Um, he grew up in a Christian home and I think it was around 12 to 14 years ago. He came out of that lifestyle by the witness of some Christians who loved him but spoke the truth in love. So he was one of seven, is one of seven kids, all the siblings believers, mom and dad believers. He said the whole time that he was in that lifestyle, not once did they throw scripture at him. Not once did they, you know, bag on him. They, they spent time with him. He said, I knew where they stood on it, but he said they never brought it up. And he said, after his mom had passed away, he found a letter his mom had written. It was a prayer letter and it said, prayer for Beckett. And it was a page of things that she was praying for, for him. And what she did was she beat the throne, the gates of heaven for Beckett to have his eyes open, to come out of that life, to see it for what it was, to be used mightily by God. And he found the letter after his mom was gone, which he said was extremely emotional for him. But he said, do you know something? The Lord answered all of my mom's prayers for me. And, and we can, you know, say stuff to our persecutors, whoever they are, whoever your persecutors are. We can pay back evil for evil to our enemies, but we're called to love and to pray. Warren Wearsby said, when you pray for someone, it gets the poison out of your heart. When you pray for someone, it removes the poison out of your heart. Well, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly or inappropriately. It does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It keeps no record of wrongs. And it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Stephen was being stoned by the religious leadership of his day. A verse in Acts, I think it's 6.15, says that when they looked at his face, remember, he had the face of an angel, which means he had to be shining. And as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen began to pray, and in his dying moments, he said, Lord Jesus, don't hold this sin against them. And you guys will remember that standing there that day was a young man named Saul. And people were throwing their cloaks at his feet so they could go and stone Stephen. Do you think that Saul was impacted by Stephen's witness? Many scholars believe that was the early seed that the Lord used in Saul's heart. We know he had that Damascus Road experience, but sometimes when I chafe under these commands that Jesus gives, I have to think about what it is that I'm walking this planet to do. I'm not here to always protect my honor. I'm not here to make sure no one gets the best of me because it's me. I'm here to try to bring people into the kingdom. I'm here to try to see that enemies of the cross might know the love of Christ. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth program.
Hey, listening family, Pastor Michael here. Hey, I wanted to just take a moment to celebrate something that the Lord has done, and He's done it through you. Those of you who pray, those of you who give, we are now adding a radio station in San Diego. It is 106.1 FM and 1210 AM K-Praise, and we are now adding a morning drive time at 5 AM Monday through Friday, and we're going to be on Sunday mornings at 6.30 AM. And we are so grateful for all of you who have been praying, those of you who have become, have become Walk in Truth partners. We've walked through a new door, and we want to walk through more. So if you want to learn more about how to partner with us, it's walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But we just wanted to say a big thank you and give glory to God for this new radio station. I pray the Lord does wonderful things through it in his name. Amen and amen. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners. And be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Sometimes when I chafe under these commands that Jesus gives, I have to think about what it is that I'm walking this planet to do. I'm not here to always protect my honor. I'm not here to make sure no one gets the best of me because it's me. I'm here to try to bring people into the kingdom. I'm here to try to see that enemies of the cross might know the love of Christ. So a couple years back, a group of us go into the city meeting. This is when it was being debated about putting in God we trust in the city chambers. So I showed up at this pre-meeting thing and there was an atheist there with his cohort and uh, I had some papers prepared to talk about the history of our country and fight for this thing to be put on the city chambers and this guy calls me out. He goes, you, I know who you are. And I was like, who, me? Oh yeah, I've seen, you're the pastor of that church over there. I've seen you, I know who you are. And I didn't know what to do. It kind of caught me off guard. I just started singing, Mary had a little lamb, little lamb. I just worked there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so he goes, you want to see an atheist? That's, here's one right here in the flesh. Take a good look. That's me. And you know, everything in is like, okay, it's on. And somehow out of my mouth came, sir, I love you. <laughs> I don't even know where it came from. I know where it came from. It was the last thing I would have ever spoken, especially in my pre-Christian days. But somehow, I love you came out of my mouth. And then I said some other things to make some points in our favor. And afterwards, he told me, because we talked afterwards, and I've talked to him a few times since. I said, you know, I did share with you that I do love you. And he said, yeah, but I didn't need that. (laughs) But maybe he did. Come to find out, he grew up in the church, had a bad experience, and it pushed him away from the Lord. So the why. We'll move quickly. In order that you may be sons of your father who's in heaven. This is why you do it. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's our Father in heaven. I don't think that this is a works verse. I think this is revealing who belongs to the Father. 
God's providential sunshine and rain come down on the good and the evil, on the unbeliever and the believer. And our love and prayer can create a climate, to use harvest imagery, of love and good. It's like putting burning coals on someone's head. It's overcoming evil with good. I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm saying it's the way of the kingdom. And Jesus will round it out. He says, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Rewards will be up ahead of us. Much talk about rewards in Jesus' sermons. Don't even the tax gatherers do the same? These are the people most hated in Israel. They were seen as turncoats, Benedict Arnold's. They do the same. They love those who love them. And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Don't even Gentiles or unbelievers do the same? What, why are, what makes you different then? Therefore, final verse, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And you're like, that's the final straw. Because I have a bumper sticker that says, not perfect, but forgiven. And it's on my car. So if you follow me, and I break speed laws or the like, not perfect, (laughs) but forgiven. Now I know what we're all saying there, and I know the reason for the bumper sticker, but do you know you can hide under that? You just machine gun the whole family with your mouth. And then you say, well, not perfect. Forgiven. (laughs) So you can blast everybody and then hide under that little saying. And some people have looked at Jesus' words here and said, well, this tells us what this sermon's about. This sermon's about Jesus showing us that we need a Savior and amen to that, amen to that, and amen to that. And it's impossible. We just, we just need to know that we need a Savior. But I want you to hear something that's quite interesting. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect sounds a, li- a lot like be holy for I am holy. Do you know in that same Leviticus 19 passage that we looked at earlier, that's where the Lord said that. Be holy for I am holy. And Peter quotes that in the New Testament. Be holy as your father is holy. As obedient children, be holy. Now, I can't be as holy as God. We all know that. But here's something to consider. Is Jesus making this an unattainable goal? Or is he saying, I want you to strive to be more like your father every day. And just as you would strive to be holy as he is holy, be perfect as he is perfect. Now, we'll never be perfect in that sense, But the Greek word for perfect in the New Testament is teleos and has the idea of being mature. Listen to these words and then we'll start with communion. Paul says, Philippians 3.12, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, teleos or teleao, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. He says in verse 15, Philippians 3, Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have obtained. I think Jesus is saying we need a Savior 
no doubt about it. That's called the pedagogical use of the law. But I think there's something else going on here. I think Jesus is saying, if you want to be like your father, you got to strive to mature in your faith. Amen? And I'll tell you what, when we come to the end of a sermon like this, I find myself needing to come to the table of the Lord's Supper and get all the help I can get. So the elements are going to start to be passed out right now. And if you're a believer in Jesus, we invite you to join us at his table. I would encourage you to do a little business with him. Thank him for his love for you. Maybe you need to do a little business with something that maybe came to your heart as a result of this message. That would be good. If you're not a believer, I got it. I would encourage you to become one. To trust in Jesus right now as your Savior and your Lord. Repent of your sin. Place your faith in what he did for you at the cross and through the resurrection. And remember, it is while we were yet enemies that Christ died for us. It's while we were sinners that he demonstrated his love for us. And that love, he's calling upon us to show as well. This, these are not to be things done in the natural. Amen? There's no way I could even come close in the natural. These are supernatural uh, requests. But they can come when I say like Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me. Galatians 2.20 You've been listening to The Law of the King 3, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Sermon on the Mount teaching in Matthew 5, 38 through 48. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, I mentioned to you in uh, Matthew five forty eight that we could replace be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect with be holy as your heavenly father is holy or be compassionate as he is compassionate. You see, this statement is not so much about a state of perfection. The Lord came because he knows none of us are perfect, but he wants us to be more like him. He wants the citizens to be more like the king. And so this is the bottom line of this particular sermon, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, is that the Lord wants us to become like him. You see, when you call Jesus your Lord or your master, it is enough that a slave or servant become as his master. That's what Jesus is after here. Be holy because that's who I am. Be like me. You say that I'm your Lord. You say you're a Christian, a Christ follower, then follow me. And when we follow him, we're going to be different. And that's the beauty of being part of this kingdom is we shine. We are salt and light. Matthew five sixteen. We shine because our Lord is shining through us. 
Well, we are concluding now the sermons in Matthew chapter 5, and we're moving to Matthew chapter 6. And of course, there we're going to find sermons on how to seek first the kingdom of God and how to pray correctly and not be hypocritical and so many other things. This would be a wonderful time to tell a friend about what you've been hearing on Walk in Truth. Invite them to listen either on their uh, radio station that's available to them or on podcasts. You can point them to the website, walkintruth.com. Or don't forget, we have a new app and we've been telling you about the app. It's available at your app store for free. Download the uh, Walk in Truth app. You can stay apprised to all the latest broadcasts, sermons, special events, and even special topics we do, like a step closer, where we dive a little deeper on, a, on something we've dealt with in uh, a sermon. And so, again, download the Walk in Truth app today, and maybe even send it to a friend. And keep us in your prayers. The Lord's doing amazing things, and we are grateful for you, and pray that you have a blessed day. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, 1 through 8, called How to Seek First His Kingdom and His Righteousness. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.